Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. The word for today is partnership. Now, for just a minute, I want you to think about some great partners or partnerships that you have known from the past. I'll give one that was predating my era, not for some of you, Abbott and Costello. I don't know anything about that, but I've heard about them. Not much on that one. How about if you even said Barnes and Noble? Well, that has a partnership connected to it, right? You figure out what that is. Um, how about if you're a student, a teacher, my wife taught this, Lewis and Clark. There's a good one. And for all the kids, how about Jack and Jill? Now, if you think about those, those partnerships are what they are because of each of them. By themselves, you wouldn't know what you're talking about. You wouldn't know. But it's because of the partnership. Now, there are also infamous partnerships. We can all think of one. Hatfields and McCoys. And they are what they are because of what both contribute. Individually, not much. I want you to think with me, if you will, for a few minutes about what it means to partner with God's people. To partner with God's people. There are many people in this room, online, who have a partnership of some sort. Maybe you are married, should be a partnership. Maybe you work with somebody, you are co-owners, co-workers in a business, it's a good partnership. Maybe you team up in a volunteer, uh, volunteer cause, working with somebody else. Therefore, a partnership. Let's understand this concept, if you will. Now, the Bible uses the word fellowship. That is the word that is most commonly used to translate the idea that I want to emphasize in the partnership realm. It all is the same thing. And the Bible uses the word fellowship in a way that says, I want you to be partners. So, for instance, this word, the word in the Greek is koinonia, but this word says in Romans chapter 15 and verse 26 that the brethren in Achaia and Macedonia wanted to have a part in sharing with the brethren who were in need when Paul was collecting funds. That same thing occurs in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 13. The report that came back from Jerusalem when all of that money was sent down there, it says that they praise God for your sharing, your partnership with them and with all people. So in giving, there is a partnership. We partnered today 
when we give to the Lord's work in this place. We need the partnership that comes by everybody participating in the giving, which is why it works, which is why this church is able to do what it does, because we partner together in the giving. Maybe no place in our giving is more obvious than in the food boxes that we distributed a week ago, how partnership made it happen. Over $20,000 partnered together to feed children in this county. We could not have done it without the partnership. So the Bible says that there is, as we read, partnership in giving. Number two, there is partnership in suffering. Partnership in suffering. 2 Corinthians 1 in verse 7, Paul said of the Corinthians, you partnered in, you participated in the suffering, so you also will partner with Christ. We work together in partnership to have the suffering that we share together, that's what makes people who go through persecution able to handle it. We have brethren right now in Ukraine who are partnering together to endure the persecution. Oren has been on line many times on Wednesdays discussing a number of our brethren who are working to send help and relief into Ukraine. And he's gotten the report that even in the midst of all of that, our brethren are still evangelizing and people are being converted to Christ because of the partnership of the suffering. Third, there's the partnership in Scripture of the Lord's Supper. We share together this is not something that is only individual. Yes, we examine ourselves individually, but there is a partnership in the Lord's Supper because I have been receiving exactly what you have, and, and we together share in this event of the body and blood of the Lord, the partnership of the Lord's Supper. And finally, generally speaking, there's a partnership in life. John said in 1 John 1 and verse number 3, you have fellowship with us and we have fellowship with the Father. And he says, if we have fellowship with one another, verse 6, but we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. There is a partnership in living that we live together. When we are away from each other, we are still partners in living the Christian life because there are people who will see us in our lives wherever they are and they will think about the reflection that we give of this church, if they know that you're a part of the Richmond church, how they see you, 
how they see me act and react, they are in some way going to put that on this church. So the living that we do throughout our lives is important because we're partnering to live and to show the life that not only Christians should live, but the reputation this church has is dependent upon our partnership. So this is what fellowship is all about. And in these various ways of giving, of Lord's Supper, of the suffering, of living in general, we can see that we are partners together. Now I want you to look at this text and notice with me how it is possible and what it means to have partnership. I want you to notice with me in this text how we see the DNA of a partnership. How do we know that partnership exists? How can we create the partnership together that God wants us to have? It's the DNA. Notice in verse 3, number 1, it is deliberate. Partnership is a deliberate cause. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen unless we want it to. Notice what the text says. They were freely willing. No partnership can exist without the partner's agreeing willingly to do so. Oh, no, I know there have been partnerships where there was a willing agreement, but it fell apart. But it started with a willingness. You can't beat someone in partnership. You can't say, I'm going to start this business, and if you don't help me, I'm going to beat you over the head. What? You don't have a partnership in that way. And that's true, of course, with the church. It is not possible to have a partnership in God's people and among God's people by coercion. The text says, freely willing. This deliberate mentality of wanting to be a partner begins by understanding your own ability. Here's what I can do. Here is where I can help. This is what fits me. And so partnership begins when I deliberately decide here are my talents. If you've not made an assessment of the talents that you have that you can use for the Lord's work, there's something missing in your life. Every year, we publish this program of work that describes everything that we are doing. And if you can't find a place to serve God with your talents in that book, you have two things to think about. One, either you don't want to be involved, or two, you need to tell us something else that we can do that takes care of your particular talents. 
that aren't in the book. It's deliberate. But it's more than just that. Notice what it said. According to their ability and beyond their ability. Deliberate partnership isn't satisfied with just saying, this is what I'm doing and no more. Deliberate partnership challenges the self to grow and to do even more. I'll not mention the name, but one of our members many years ago said to me, I really have a problem standing up in front of people and talking. It makes me so nervous, I can't do it. That's one of the number one phobias in the world, public speaking. But this man said, my boys need to see me do it. And so who do I talk to to get up and make announcements or to get up and lead a prayer or to get up and read scripture? Now that's a person who said, yeah, I have talents and abilities, but I'm going to stretch myself to be even more because I need to. To be in partnership. There are some people in this room who are very, very outgoing. And there are other people who are very reserved. But every one of us needs to be deliberately looking to partner with God's people in this place because only deliberate partnership will work. Number two, the DNA includes the necessary or the necessity. Look at verse 4. The terminology in verse 4 says, this is pretty important. Imploring us, urgency, receive, ministering. It is necessary, so necessary, to have a partnership with God's people that they said, imploring us. The word used there is translated many times in Scripture, prayer or praying. Have you ever prayed to God to make you a better partner in the partnership of this church? Have you ever prayed that God would give you the opportunities, the desire to be a partner with everybody else here? These people wanted to partner to send money to those who were in need. And they prayed about it. I'm sure 
you prayed about a lifelong partner to marry. I'm sure you've prayed about a partner for your children who would marry. I'm sure that we pray about partnerships in different ways, but have you prayed that this church would be more in partnership than ever and that you would be as much a part of it as you've ever been? Number two, with urgency. They sent out a call. They sent out a call. I want to be in partnership, and so I'm calling you to come be with me. These people wanted so much to be involved in partnership in helping those who were in trouble that they sent out a call and said to Paul, Hey, will you come here right quick? Will you come over here and take what we want to give do you want to be in partnership? There's always the discussion between in a congregation of people when somebody says, well, that's not a, they weren't very friendly and they didn't speak to me. And somebody will say, yeah, but that's a two-way street. You need to speak as well. Well, I think the primary responsibility is on us. We're the church here, and primarily we should be the one initiating when others come. But you know what? Those who give up don't really want to be a partner. If you want to be a part, you make sure that others know it. You send out the call that says, I want to be a part of this church. I want to know what's going on. I want to be an active part. Will you tell me what I can do? And I want to call other people to be in it with me because that's what partnership is all about. And third, receive the gift. Partnership means I'll give into it. Partnership is not sitting back and let others serve you. It is not sitting back and saying, I'm just going to let everybody else take care of me. Partnership says, I am giving of myself. I'm not going to be merely a taker. I want to be a giver. What are you giving to the partnership? How are people counting on each of us in this partnership? These people could not stand it that there were brethren in Jerusalem who could not eat because of the famine. And they couldn't stand it. We're going to be involved. We're going to call somebody to come and get this. It is important. It is necessary. And finally, it's necessary because it is, in fact, a ministry. Have you ever thought of the partnership of fellowship as a ministry? It is. Past three or four or five years, we've had some pretty intense fellowships. Some really good times together. And that's a ministry. 
When we as a brotherhood, when we as a church, when we as a family spend time together, whether it is in a recreational activity, whether it's in a service project, whether it's in a Bible class, whether it's in a worship setting, we are partnering in ministry because we are ministering to each other. How many times? Have you left an opportunity to be with your brethren? And when you got home, you said, Phew. when I went, I didn't feel really good. But now that I've been there, I feel great. Because we're ministering to each other. But finally, third in this text, the DNA of a partnership it is deliberate, it is necessary, and it should abound. That's what Paul said in verse 7. You abound in this grace as well. We should not settle for just mediocre partnership. We should not be content with partnership that just gets by that sort of happens and sort of doesn't. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, we'll be all right. The partnership that these people wanted was abundant, full, rich, and powerful. Don't you want to be a part of a partnership like that? Don't you want to be a part of a partnership where people are excited and full and can't wait till the next one? Are you satisfied? Just to check your box and show up here when we meet and move on. What do you want to be a part of? The DNA of partnership would look like this. But finally, let's ask the question. How do partnerships flourish? How do they flourish? They pool their resources. Because not any one person can carry the whole load. They pool their resources. That's how partnerships do well. Each one in the partnership says, I'm going to do my part. Whatever it is, you can count on me. I'll do it. I'll be involved. It's what I want to do. I want to be a part. You can count on me. Because if the flourishing doesn't happen, it may be because that you didn't do your part. Third, it flourishes because when called upon to work, we're ready. We're ready. I'm ready right now. Just call me. So many people at a moment's notice are ready to jump in. Fourth, partnerships flourish. When they listen to each other. One of the greatest things that we can do 
is to learn to listen. One of the greatest things that value other people is to listen. If we want to have a strong partnership in this church, let's listen to each other. But finally, the partnership of God's people in this place means we will spend time together. I know this is not comfortable for a lot of people not being Kentucky fans, but the Kentucky fans are not comfortable either. Because Coach Cal keeps having this excuse. Well, we just haven't had time together. You heard that till I'm sick, sick, sick. We just haven't had time together. I don't know what he means. I don't know if he has or not, but I know this. He's right as it relates to partnerships. If we don't spend time together, it's not going to work. And that time that we spend together can't just be in this room, in this event. Partnerships don't do well if this is all there is. It's a necessary part, but this can't be the only part. Let's be partners together. Let's have a fellowship that says, I want to partner with you, and we want to be a strong influence in this place. We want this church to flourish through our partnership. In closing, God partnered with us when he sent Jesus, who died for us, and his partnership is this. I have paid the price. Will you simply do what I say? And in so doing, we partnership with God in our own salvation. Today, will you partner with Jesus and submit to him to be immersed for the forgiveness of sins? Will you partner with Jesus to come back if you've strayed away? Will you partner with Jesus in your own mind and heart by saying, today I'm going to start over and I'm going to do better. Let's partner with God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.